Hello, everyone. Today is baptism week. And this is, this is, this is great, because it's baptism, it, it's something we do. We, we do it all the time, or not all the time. We do it from time to time. And it's, it's rather important, but we don't get to talk about it very much. Or we just kind of say a few words, a, a brief explanation. But this week, we wanted to give you a whole sermon to really dive into baptism. And so that's what I get to talk about. And I'm going to give you all a fair warning. I'm going to get excited about this sermon. I know I always get excited. I mean excited even for me. I mean, we're, we're, some things, they're just too good. I, I, can't, I can't not get excited about them. So that's going to happen. You have been warned. So the way we're going to talk about baptism this week, it, it's also a little bit different. Uh, it's, it's easy for talks about baptism to feel kind of boring or rather abstract. Frankly, there are a lot of people who can make baptism feel dry. And it's not meant to be. I mean, these living waters are not meant to run dry. They're meant to flow. And so today, we're going to take you on a bit of a journey. We're, we're going to follow that flow. Instead of a single big idea, I'm going to just keep asking how and, and why and why is it this way. And we're going to see how far down the river those questions can take us. So let's get started. We're going to start at the simplest point. How do we do baptism here? And if you haven't seen it before, or, or if you haven't heard what people say, it's really pretty simple. And as a side note, this isn't the only way to do baptism. It's, it's just the way we do it here. So a Christian, or often a pastor, will wait in the water, and the person being baptized will enter down the steps. And they may talk for a little bit, uh, they may share a story or testimony, they may declare that Jesus is their Lord or make a statement of faith, or they may not talk much at all. But the important part is, is the Christian will then usually put their hand on the person's shoulder or maybe behind their back to help support them, and they will say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then they go down and they come back up. And that's baptism. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, down and back up. So why? Why do we do this? Well, there's actually a very simple answer to that. We do this because Jesus did. We get baptized because Jesus did. And I can give you an example verse right now. You can turn in your Bibles to Luke 3.21. I'm going to hop around a bit, but this is a good verse to just kind of camp out on for a moment. So Luke chapter 3, verses 21. And while I do that, I want to welcome everyone who's viewing from a different time or place. Uh, I'm so glad that you could connect with us even from a distance and this week, I actually have a special request for you. So baptism is a really special time, and if you are watching this in a format that lets you pause, I'd like to invite you to pause and pray for us. Pray for the people getting baptized. Pray for the people who may be called to get baptized today. Pray for the service. Even if it's technically in your past, God is beyond time, and your prayers matter. So I'd like to invite and request that you do that for us today. Looking at the verse here at Luke 3, 21, 
One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. This is happening at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. Before he did anything else, when Jesus was starting a new chapter in his life, he got baptized. And as Christians, we are Jesus followers. We are Jesus imitators. We are seeking to pattern our life after Jesus and to live like him. So when we want to start a new life, a life dedicated to God, given over to Jesus, well, it makes sense we would start our life of service the same way Jesus started his. We get baptized because Jesus did. So what about all this uh, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing? Why do we do it that way? Well, once again, there's a pretty simple answer to this. Because he told us to. So at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was baptized. But at the end of his ministry, and I mean the very end, after he lived, after he died, after he was raised back to life, right before he left, he told us this in Matthew 28. And I'll just put it up on screen. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Baptism in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit down and back up. Why do we do it? Because Jesus did and because he told us to. So it, it really can be that simple, but I gotta ask the question, why? Why did Jesus do it? I mean, of all the ways he could have started his ministry, why baptism? And why did he tell us to do it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit? Well, as far as why Jesus got baptized, he didn't make up the ritual. Baptism existed before Jesus and before Christianity. Before Christianity, baptism was a Jewish ritual. And to get a sense of this, we're going to have to rewind way before Jesus all the way back to a man named Abraham and a promise that God made to him. This was the promise that God gave to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. This promise was passed down through Abraham's children, through his family, which became the tribes of Israel. The Jewish people had this promise. But there were some people in the ancient world 
who were not Jewish. They were not one of Abraham's descendants, but they wanted to be. They wanted to worship the one true God. They wanted to give their life to the God of Abraham. They wanted to be adopted into the family and to join in to the promise. And one way you could do that is by getting baptized. In the ancient world, if someone wanted to join Judaism, they could get baptized. And they needed to be baptized because they needed to get clean. For the Jewish people, if they did something wrong, if they became dirty with sin, God had already given them lots of instructions on how to get clean. They could go to the temple, they could make sacrifices. I mean, there was a whole system so that no matter what they did, there was a way to get right with God. But if you weren't Jewish, you didn't get this system. You came with a lifetime of sin and mistakes and shame and guilt, and baptism was a way to start fresh, to start new, to enter the family of God clean. Baptism already existed. It was a way for outsiders to join into the family of God, starting fresh and clean. Well, then Jesus came, the Son of God, who never sinned and who died to pay for our sins, not just the Jewish people, but the sins of all people. And his story could have ended there. Jesus' story could have been a story of noble sacrifice, dying for our sins, but instead, the story went on. Jesus was resurrected. Jesus was brought back to life, and so he demonstrated to all of us that the life God gives does not end in death. The life of love goes through death and out the other side. It is eternal and unending. It is undefeated and undefeatable. The love of God wins. And the love of God is named Jesus. Now, Jesus sits enthroned, ruling over both life and death. And from this throne, he proclaims grace and mercy and eternal life for everyone that would follow him, no matter who you are. And no matter what you've done, the love of God offers you forgiveness and life that outlasts death. This is what happened. This is what happened. And when people saw this, when people heard about this, they said, look, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be forgiven. I want life that outlasts death. And they came to Jesus' disciples and they said, what must we do? And the answer was always the same. Repent and be baptized. Repent, it means to turn around to change your ways, and to choose to follow Jesus, to choose with everything you have, and then be baptized. Choose Jesus as your master, and then be washed by the power of God. But you see, now that Jesus had come back to life, baptism had new meaning. Now baptism, it wasn't just about joining a new religion anymore. 
It wasn't only about joining the family of God. It wasn't just about being washed clean. When we come to baptism, we are joining Jesus in his death. We are saying, take my life, take all of it. Take my plans and my talents and my wealth. I give myself to you, God, and I leave nothing for my own. That's what Jesus did for us. He gave up everything for us, even dying. And if we want to follow Jesus, we give up everything for others, most especially for God. Paul puts it this way in Romans 6. When we were joined with Jesus Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. But you see, the joy of this is that we don't stay dead. Jesus didn't stay dead, and we don't stay underwater. Paul goes on. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We are raised to life. And in our new life, sin no longer has any power over us. We're no longer slaves to sin or death. We are free. We don't need to be afraid of sin or death anymore because we follow Jesus. And Jesus has promised to care for his followers. Why did Jesus get baptized? Why did he choose baptism to start his ministry? Because it's the Jewish way to join the family of God. It's the way we receive the promise of God and baptism is the shape of the promise. We come to live like Jesus, to die with Jesus, and to trust God to raise us back to life just like Jesus. And no one but God can raise us back to life. That's why we do it in God's name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, if you act in the name of something, you are acting with their power. You're acting as them in that place. And I'm going to give an example of this uh, because it's really an important idea to try and grasp. And this might be kind of a silly example, but I want us to understand the significance of acting in someone's name. So we're going to put on our, our pretending caps for a minute. We're going to join a bit of imagination, and we are going to pretend that I am the king of an ancient empire, and I love cats just crazy about cats. I mean, I want to make sure that cats are being treated well in every single city. And so I'll pass a law that says you must treat the cats well everywhere because I love cats. But how do I know that people are following the law? I mean, there's no cell phones, no internet. I, I can't check in on the cities. There's too many of them to visit in person. So I'll send messengers. I'll send officials to go into all of the cities and check on the cats, because I love cats. And if the cats are not getting enough milk, I want my messengers to order more milk. 
And if the cats are being chased around, I want my messengers to punish the people who are doing the chasing. I, whatever is going on, I want my messengers to act like me and to love the cats the way I do. But I also need people to listen to my messengers. I need the people to obey my messengers when they give commands. I want people to obey these messengers like they would obey me, the king. So I'll tell my messengers, go in my name and take care of all the cats just like I would. And if anybody doesn't listen to you, tell them you're acting in my name. And if they disobey you, they'll have to answer to me. That is what it means to act in the name of someone. When that messenger gets to the city and says, in the name of the king, give more milk, they're saying, I am acting as the king. Give them more milk. And the people will listen. And they will do whatever the messenger says, because if they disobey the messenger, they're disobeying the king. By using the name of the king, ordinary messengers have the power of a king, and all of the king's subjects will obey them. That's power. Now, this has been a funny story about cats and milk and a silly king, but there's a real king. And this real king is not trying to rescue cats. He's rescuing people. This real king is far more powerful, far more passionate. The real king has turned heaven and earth upside down to rescue you. This real king commands the allegiance of angels and knows the name of every star and every atom. This real king, his voice shaped the ground we stand on. And if these stones could speak, they could tell us of the day when his words spread across the earth and called them into being. This king says that we are to baptize, to welcome into the family, to unite people to the life of Jesus, to wash people clean in his name. That is how he tells us to use his power. Make others clean in his name, the name which with mountains tremble, the name that no power in heaven or earth or under the earth can overcome. That is how he uses it, to make people clean. Of everything he could tell us to do, of all the things Almighty God could accomplish, he tells us, go into the world, join them to the family of God in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. This is how he would use his almighty power. Why are we baptized? Because he loves us. Because he loves you. Because of everything this God could do. It is his will that not a single child should be separated from his love. And no matter who you are or what you've done, 
He desires that you should know life and love that outlasts death. That is why we are baptized. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we go down and we are raised up. And we do this because he did. And we do this because he said. And we do this to join the family of God. And we do this to follow Jesus into death. And we do this because we trust that the God who loves Jesus loves us too. And that the life he gave Jesus is ours for the taking. As it has been written, he gives us life that we may live. And that is why we do this. To wrap up today, I want to speak briefly to four groups. You who are being baptized today, God is so eager to see you. I don't know what you will see or feel in this moment or in the days or weeks or years to follow, but I can tell you this, God loves you dearly and desperately. And he cannot wait to share with you a lifetime of his love. He is so proud of you. And I want to just say welcome, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the family of God and to the journey of discovering God's love. For those of you who have not been baptized, you're welcome here. I know today's probably been a lot. <laughs> if you have any questions about any of this stuff, come ask me or, or, or ask a staff member or, or anyone here. And, and if you have, have struggles or problems with all of this, ask, share them. Everything within you is welcome here because you are welcome here. So whatever you are carrying in your mind and your heart, please feel free to share it because you are fully loved. For those of you who wish to be baptized, you may not have signed up and you may not have woken up this morning planning on getting baptized, but you still can. If you feel that today is the day, if you are ready to repent and give your life to Jesus, to live with Jesus as your master and to trust in his provision for this life and the next, then come. Join us in life. You don't have to wait. Everything is prepared. We got clothes, towels, all of it. If you are ready to repent, then we are ready to baptize you. In just a moment, Pastor Kevin will give instructions about all of that. But before we do, I have one last group to speak to. For those of you who've already been baptized, this inheritance this gift of God's loving presence, it's already yours. Maybe you haven't heard about it before, maybe you don't know it, or perhaps today the Spirit has drawn you deeper into the truth of His love. The living waters have carried you farther down the river than you were before. If the Spirit has spoken to your heart, respond. If the Spirit has told you something joyful today, maybe something you haven't heard before, celebrate it. Mark the occasion. 
If you, if, just do something fun. You can go out, have a big dinner, go to a park or the museum or the zoo or whatever you enjoy. Have the best food and the best drinks and toast to the God who has given you these gifts. And if you got kids, get a babysitter and go have fun. Or bring the kids with you and let them see the joy of the Lord on your face. If it is this good, it is worth celebrating. And this celebration, it doesn't have to wait until after church. Until your dinner, until your party, we can start that celebration right now. In a moment, we're going to perform baptisms. We're going to worship and celebrate the goodness of God. And Pastor Kevin, he's going to call people forward, and we're going to be able to talk about their lives and the good things happening. We're going to respond in worship. And as we do, I call on you. Everyone who has been baptized, who has received the grace of God to join me in extraordinary celebration of God's extraordinary love.